back, folks, to the Wag Me Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Colin Greeny, joined by my co-host, Nick Musto. Nick, it's been a minute, and we're sorry, right? Yeah, I, we're, we're, we saw, we're sorry for – we sorry. We're sorry for not being in attendance last week, couldn't put out much content. It's, it's a holiday season. Everybody's busy. Um, I'm surprised I'm able to even go to work when I have so much to worry about with fantasy playoffs. So that would be my excuse for missing. Yeah, I hope you can forgive me. It was during my finals week, and then I had to travel back home. It was just a bad week. Uh, I, too, considered skipping all my finals for fantasy playoffs. Um, But some priorities take precedence over the others. And we're glad to be back. And boy, did we miss a lot this past week. Yeah, it was a great week. A lot of points were scored. Jarek McKinnon back-to-back RB1. Weird stuff happened, but it was it was a great first weekend of the fantasy playoffs. I'm I'm satisfied with my outcome so far. Yeah, I mean, my buy, it was a great – well, I didn't actually have a buy. I shit the bed against someone who shit the bed even worse than me, and you got to mm-hmm. love that in playoffs. It's like a uh, moral victory. It's like, okay, I'm very nervous for my next game. My guys are underperforming. Uh, but, hey, we're advancing, and all we got to do is get a little bit more lucky this next week. And we're in the championship, right? It's funny. Um, the three leagues I'm in, the Jonathan Taylor manager got knocked out first round. You played against him. And then I, in my other two leagues that I was in playoffs, am the Jonathan Taylor owner in both. So common denominator, John, if you had Jonathan Taylor in your lineup, you probably lost. And this next week, uh, with... A lot of I don't even know if we can call them rumors about Jalen Hurts. He has a sprained shoulder, and it doesn't sound likely that the 13 and one Philadelphia Eagles are going to risk his long term health. Um, I feel like that's going to be the common denominator in most leagues this week as well. Yes, um, I don't know if Gardner Minshew is a very great substitution there, but. Honestly, this team is so good. It's kind of like Brock Purdy going into the Niners. Like, like there's a system. Jalen Hurts fits the system better than Minshew, obviously. It's built, it's built for Hurts. But I do think that Nick Sirianni could um, scheme up some plays that would benefit Hurts or Minshew in fantasy this week. Yeah, I, I just did our wide receiver rankings, and I was thinking, should I, like, discredit uh, A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith, at really any Philadelphia pass catcher uh, in the offense, even Dallas Goddard, he's coming back this week. Um, but I really had a hard time knocking them down a whole lot. I still feel like Philadelphia is going to be putting up points and ripping off some good drives. Yeah, I agree. All right, let's get into it. Our sh- We're going to start with our shooting stars. So these guys uh, just went above and beyond this past week, really exceeded their expectations. You already mentioned the first one that I'm going to mention. That's Jarek McKinnon. Uh, Back-to-back RB1 finishes 32 points a week ago, 34 points this past week, 15 receptions, 182 yards, three receiving touchdowns. He added 74 yards on the ground and a touchdown over the last two weeks. Uh, Most, well, I shouldn't say most noticeably, but another factor that I'm looking at uh, that leaves McKinnon a very enticing option this next week for playoffs, 57% snap share in week 14, 62% in week 15. 
he's out there and he's being very productive when he he is on the field. Uh, he's a must start this week. You got to figure. I do. Does it concern you at all that Clyde might be coming back this week or next week? No, he kind of fell out of favor yeah. for Isaiah Pacheco earlier in the year. And I feel like it, they ride Kansas City rides a hot hand. And right mm-hmm. now that is McKinnon. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm definitely starting him in any of my leagues that I'm still alive in. Who impressed um, you this week? My guy, J.K. Dobbins, impressed me a lot. I was expecting a smaller day than what he gave us. Um, his first week back had over 100 rushing yards, no receptions. Um, second week back, which was this week, 13 carries for 125, one catch for three yards. He is he has been insanely efficient, averaging over eight and a half yards per carry in his two games back. Um, I would expect him to receive even more of a workload instead of just 14 touches going forward as he gets healthier. They have been limiting him. They have uh, Harbaugh said that he would play in a limited fashion, um, but that really hasn't even hurt you in fantasy. So if he gets up to 18 carries a game with maybe two catches and still receives a goal line work, he's going to be a league winner um, with the rate that he's playing right now he pops off the screen in games i mean he just runs ferocious uh yeah he he really hasn't gained even a 50 percent share in the offense yet uh so i can't wait for him to get a full workload i hope it's in time for the championship um but yeah my second star that i'm gonna highlight is same day saturday game this past week None other than K.J. Osborne. Have a day. Career high, 157 receiving yards. Uh, He caught 10 of 16 targets. Had a receiving touchdown. An integral piece in Minnesota's uh, NFL historical comeback this past week against the Colts. Uh, We watched that game together. Man, Indianapolis just fell apart down in the backstretch of things. Look, K.J. has touchdowns in back-to-back weeks. 32 points this past week. Do you would you consider starting Osborne or do you think this performance was a fluke? I I don't think I can consider starting him. He's had over five targets in two other games this season. Um, that's really concerning. I think that this massive day was just due to the fact that Kirk needed to throw 420 yards in the second half, which he did end up doing. Um and that, of course, played into K.J. Osborne's hands. I am surprised that it was more him than Thielen, too. So maybe he has taken the wide receiver two role um, in this offense because Thielen only had three catches. He did have a touchdown, but um, Osborne obviously outplayed him, and I could see him taking that second option. But still, there's T.J. Hawkinson, there's Dalvin Cook. I don't really want the scraps left over that K.J. Osborne might have. I'm going to chalk Minnesota's game as a complete fluke. I mean, that's never happened in the history of the NFL. A team has never gone from a 33-0 deficit to a victory in overtime before. Uh, a lot of weird things happened in that game that played into Osborne's fantasy favor. So, yeah, I, I think he's best relegated to your bench. And even so, like, it's playoffs. A, a bit, you're not really stashing people on your bench hoping they translate into something greater at this point. We're at the very end of the season. So I feel like it was just a fluky game from him. I agree. Um, move on to another receiver, Jahan Dotson. 
um, five targets, four catches, 105 yards, and a touchdown. Um, this was his second game back from injury. Wait, no, I might be mistaken there. Um, oh, no, it's not his second game. He was limited for a couple games, and then he really saw an increase in target share over the past two games. So right before the bye week, they played in New um, at the Giants. He went 554 and a touchdown with nine targets. Um, he's playing better than Terry McLaurin. And we saw this earlier in the year. He is a red zone threat for this team. Um, we didn't really see it with Taylor Heineke because when Heineke took over, Jahan Dotson was injured. But now those two seem to have some chemistry brewing. And I feel comfortable starting Jahan Dotson in my flex. It's hard for me to push him above Terry. Uh, both are immensely talented young receivers, but it's kind of like Washington can't really support two fantasy relevant receivers. And I don't really want to play this uh, devil's advocate of who's who uh, each week. And so it's just a situation I'm staying clear away. But yeah, if, if you're in a deeper league, Jahan Dotson's definitely worthy of a flex. Um, my third and final shooting star, this one's not a fluke. I said KJ Osborne was, um, but Zay Jones, six for 109 and three touchdowns. Yeah, he's not going to score three times uh, every week. 35 points this past week, wide receiver one. He's been a top seven wide receiver in three of his last four weeks. The wide receiver four over that entire uh, time frame, 22 points per game. Most importantly, the opportunities there. 10.2 targets per game, last five games. He has 109 targets on the year. It's not like he's all of a sudden been a very relevant piece to this offense. Uh, he's been pretty thoroughly present in Jacksonville's pass attack. He's had the seventh most receiving yards since the week 11 bye. He's heating up at the right time. I feel like Zay Jones, uh, I dropped him foolishly in a league where I was pretty tight on roster space uh, two weeks ago. And I feel like he's someone that you can trust in your lineup at this point. Yeah, this one hurts. If I would have started Zay Jones over Christian Watson, I would be in the championship in both those leagues that I was the Jonathan Taylor owner, or I would be in the next round of the playoffs. So it sucks. I don't want to talk about him, but it's true. He has been phenomenal of late. Um, Kirk still receives a very significant target share over the last four weeks, nine, eight, seven, ten. He's the number one in the offense, but there is room for this offense to have two very good receivers trevor lawrence is playing out of his mind since week six has the highest completion percentage in the nfl um he's playing like a top five quarterback right now and that is definitely something that can support zay jones and christian kirk in the same wide receiver room absolutely and i'm, I'm glad we've seen the success from jacksonville because it was such a potential filled team uh with new head coach doug peterson coming in town i was one of those fans really hoping that there would be some sparkle in this offense this year. And it's, it's come, it's come on strong to finish a year. I, I hope they're a team that can get one of those wild card spots in the AFC. Yeah. I'm going to move on to my last guy. I do think this one is fluky, but there's a chance um, that it turns into something. Russell Gage worth a stash just in case you, you have all your receivers get injured this week and you need someone to put in. Russell Gage without Julio there, 12 targets, eight receptions, 59 yards, and two touchdowns. Um, hasn't really shown this this season. He's had one good game other than that where he had 13 targets, 12 catches, 87 yards, and a touchdown in week three against Green Bay. 
Um, so it is very fluky. Other than that, he hasn't scored double-digit fantasy points this year. But I think that without Julio, he's worth keeping on your bench for the time being. It helps finding the end zone twice in fantasy football, don't you think? Yeah, it does. But I'd also take eight for 59 without the two touchdowns. Right. 12 targets, uh, 28% target share last week. That That's enticing to me. Let's get into our starts. Who's your start at quarterback this week, week 16? Start of the week is Geno Smith. Um, besides last week, which was a very tough game for the Seahawks against San Francisco, Geno has thrown two, three touchdowns in the previous two weeks each. Um, this offense will look to bounce back. It's a very favorable matchup. Sorry, matchup going into Kansas City. Um, they're, Kansas City cannot stop anyone. We've seen the Texans. Um take them down to the wire and then the chiefs oh it was the broncos yeah the broncos almost came back on the chiefs two weeks ago um so they're giving up points they gave up a huge game to russell wilson i think that geno smith is better than russell wilson right now um at least for fantasy and maybe even uh real life but i'm i if i'm a geno smith owner i'm starting over guys like tua or even justin herbert this week i like the matchup you're not concerned about the loss of tyler lockett at all not really. I think Marquise Goodwin can um, step into a role and be useful. We've seen him do it this year. Um, he's not the worst receiver in the league. He's a speedster. Um, that's kind of what Tyler Lockett is. Of course, Lockett's a better player, but Gino's been fantastic. DK Metcalf is still there. They're going to be able to establish the run game here too, which is super important for this offense. They live off play action. Um, B. Carroll likes to play slow, and I think that Ken Walker will be able to establish it, so that'll open things up for Gino. Personally, I'm terrified. I'm playing Gino and DK this next week in the semifinals of my one dynasty league. I envision that duo is going to be very busy. Kansas City has been very susceptible in the secondary this year. Uh, yeah, Gino's a great start. You can't really leave him on your bench. My start of the week at quarterback is Aaron Rodgers. He goes against the Miami Dolphins. It's this weekend's going to be frigid up north. I mean, the wind chill for Chicago's game is negative 11. Plenty of games are going to be very cold, uh, very ground game focused. But this one's in Miami. It's always sunny in Miami. Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's going to torch the Dolphins secondary. They're allowing the second most points to quarterbacks this year. Fourth most passing yards, fifth most passing touchdowns. Uh, Green Bay's on the brink of elimination. They still have a slim chance of making it. I'm counting on Aaron Rodgers, the back-to-back reigning MVP, to deliver an MVP-like performance this week uh, with his back against the wall. I feel like if you're streaming someone in place of Jalen Hurts and if Aaron Rodgers is on your uh, waiver wire, go get him right now. He's going to have a fantastic week against Miami. I do agree with this. Would you start him over real quick? Would you start him over to a in the same matchup? Uh, yeah, because Green Bay's friend Green Bay. Yeah. You Green Bay secondary is good. Miami's is bad. Uh, minus X man, uh, case closed. The, the matchups lean in Rogers favor and a Tua has not been impressive at all. Recently he's completed less than 50% of his passes over the last three weeks. I'm going with Aaron Rodgers, even though he, too, hasn't been impressive as of late. I'm trusting the guy that has shown up time and again throughout his career versus someone that this is really his first year uh, 
playing ultra competitive a full season? You know, I think that with so AJ Dillon concussed, uh, probably won't be playing this week. Aaron Jones is going to have 20 carries, 10 catches, uh, score two receiving touchdowns from 50 yards out, and that's going to help Aaron Rodgers. You are just saying that because Aaron Jones is in your lineup. Would he not be, especially without Dylan? Listen, bottom line, you know how <laughs> I feel about Aaron Jones. Uh, he's one of my favorite players. I actually have a portrait tattoo on my back of him. Um, I love him, and I think he's phenomenal. And, yes, he's going to do everything you say because he's awesome. All right. Um, running back, start of the week for me. Um, I'm a little scared about this, but I'll go with Leonard Fournette going into Arizona. Um, last week was just awful for the bank for the, uh, sorry, for the Buccaneers in the second half against the Bengals. Um, Tom Brady absolutely lost in that game Th- two interceptions in their own territory, set Joe Burrow up for easy touchdowns. Um, I do think that the Cardinals will be losing this game with Tracy McSorley at quarterback, which could mean a heavy dose of Fournette and Richard White. But from what I've seen, Fournette still looks like the better running back than Rashad White. Um, he's better in the receiving game. Brady looks for him in the receiving game. And that could be a very common theme of this matchup um, with the Buccaneers that should be destroying the Cardinals, who just look awful right now. Yeah, the Cardinals are in shambles. Uh, there's really no other way to put it. I feel like Cliff Kingsbury is out the door at this point. Yeah, I agree. It's his last season, especially without Kyler Murray now. Like it's it's just he's done. You can't can't coach. My start of the week at running back is Devin Singletary. He goes up against the Chicago Bears. I mentioned the negative eleven feels like uh, temperature at kickoff first Saturday's game. That's going to be a, a factor in how Buffalo uh, runs their offense. They're going to stick to the ground game a lot. Chicago has allowed twenty four rushing touchdowns this year uh seventh most points to running backs on the year Devin Singletary looked for a moment like James Cook was going to supersede him uh to finish a year but uh Singletary he got four targets carried the ball 13 times in a very competitive game against the Miami Dolphins I'm not really concerned about him splitting time uh with Cook it's happened all year Happens throughout Singletary's entire career, whether it's Zach Moss, uh, Matt Breida was there for a hot minute. Uh, He's still going to be the uh, feature back in a timeshare, and I feel like he's going to find the end zone at at least once this week, making him a great start. Yeah, I honestly, I don't know how I feel about this pick. I just don't like the Buffalo running backs right now, and I – I, just, I think that they might like they don't they don't even run the ball when they're when they're supposed to when they're winning by a lot they still don't run the ball they just keep throwing it so you're what you're banking on with Singletary is a touchdown and it's very possible against this defense they can't stop the run um, so I definitely think he's worth a flex but it's touchdown or bust I think in my opinion eleven different running backs have scored a touchdown this yeah. year against Chicago. I'm thinking it's going to be at least 12 after Saturday's game and Singletary is going to be that guy. All right. On to my ride receiver. Um, Now this one you could definitely argue is an awful pick. Same game. Gabe Davis 
at Chicago. Um, we just haven't seen him in a long time. And, and I think that this is the week he might pop. This defense can't defend the deep ball, um, especially with Josh Allen right now, who looked so much better last week than he had in previous weeks, um, putting up 40 points. Um, I think he put up 40 um, against the Dolphins, had a rushing touchdown or, or threw four touchdowns. He's fantastic. I think Gabe Davis catches a bomb here, a couple bombs. Um, I think that he might just win them the game in the first quarter. Yeah, I mean, everybody has their gut feelings about players. Uh, I was, you know, before week five's game against Pittsburgh, I was like, you know, I feel like Gabe Davis is going to have a 98-yard touchdown and a 60-yard <laughs> one. Uh, but no, seriously, he's he's kind of due. I mean, that's a poor rationale for mm-hmm. making a start in fantasy football, especially the playoffs. But Gabe Davis, he's a volatile guy. Uh, you have to have volatility in your lineup come playoff time in order to deliver the knockout blow. Um, and that could be this week. Chicago, we said the weather's not going to be that great. I mean, it's going to be cold, but it, it's really, I don't think it's going to impact Josh Allen as much as it will other quarterbacks throwing the rock. Um, so yeah, if you if you need some upside in your lineup, give Gabe Davis the, the start. My start of the week at wide receiver uh, I already mentioned his, well, you mentioned his counterpart, his quarterback. That's DK Metcalf going against the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, I'm terrified of this matchup, really playing against it. I wish I had DK this week. No Tyler Lockett. We already mentioned that. Uh, DK is averaging 19.3 points per game over the last four weeks. Kansas City is allowing 30 passing touchdowns this year. That's like five more than any other secondary. Uh, six most fantasy points against uh that's for the wide receiver position uh dk has really like altered his role in this offense you've seen him as the chain guy recently and i I think that just further validates his fantasy relevance this week uh he's without tyler lockett there's going to be targets to replace and i think they they funnel into metcalf yeah i agree this I wouldn't be surprised if he sees 15, 16 targets in this game. Um, they're going to be in the position where they need to put up points. Gino's going to be throwing the ball a lot. The Chiefs can't defend it. Um, it's a recipe for success. I, I would be terrified if I were you as well. DK has five games this year with, with double-digit targets. Um, and let's just say his fantasy outings are great. In those 17 and a half points, 22 points. 17 and a half, 20, 18. Uh, he's pretty much a slam dunk to see that high volume and uh, top the charts for wide receivers this week. All right. Um, my tight end start of the week. Um, this one, you might need to swallow a pill. Um, Jawan Johnson, two touchdowns in week 15 against Atlanta, four for 67. Week before that was the bye week, and then they played Tampa Bay in week 13 where he was um, out due to injury. And then week week 12, he was also out due to injury, played for the first quarter, saw two snaps, and went out injured. Um, before that, he had a stretch of 12.2, 15.4, and 13.7 fantasy points from week 9 to 12, 
or 9 to 11. I really think that Jawan Johnson is the number two option in this offense. He might even be the number one option, especially in the red zone. No doubt about that. He scores touchdowns. He scored one, two, three, four, five, six, seven touchdowns in seven games played. He's a freak in the red zone. Um, they need him. Chris Olave is in a red zone threat. He's a smaller receiver. He's more of your chain mover. I really think that Jawan Johnson is a safe star rest of the season. My start of the week at tight end is another tough pill to swallow uh, for different reasons. I'm going with the rookie Trey McBride. He's the Arizona Cardinals starting tight end. If you don't recognize his name, he's a fill in for Zach Ertz and the tight end position in Arizona's offense still remains fantasy relevant. McBride's seen 11 targets the last two weeks. The Buccaneers, who the Cardinals play against uh, this Saturday or Sunday, I'm not sure what day they play. But anyways, the Buccaneers allow the seventh most fantasy points to tight ends. McBride's a great athlete. He ran a 4-6 uh, on his pro day. And this is kind of just like a shot in the dark. That's how tight ends are, really. Uh, Arizona's probably going to be in a positive game script for pass catchers. You've seen the tight end position warrant a lot of volume in their offense. So why not give it to the guy of filling that role? Yeah, he could be a safe option for McSorley too. Um, did he was he a first rounder, McBride? I no, I don't believe so. He he was a highly touted prospect coming out of Colorado State. Let me let me look up his draft capital right now. I was doing the same thing. Second round. Second rounder. Okay. Yep. So odds are he was the first tight end off the board this past year. Yeah. Um, all right, move on to our sits. Yeah, let's hear. All right, my my sit of the week at the quarterback position is Trevor Lawrence. Um, taking on the Jets. I just don't want to start any quarterback against the Jets. Even Josh Allen has fell victim to their defense. It's a bad matchup. I don't think he scores two touchdowns. Actually, we'll talk about that later in our lines um segment. But I would be avoiding him at all costs. I'd play Zach Wilson over him on the other side of the ball if it's Zach Wilson starting. My sit of the week at quarterback is Dak Prescott. He goes against a, a Philadelphia Eagles secondary like the Jets secondary. Uh, they've been pretty locked down all year. Philly leads the league with 15 interceptions this year. Kyler Murray is the only quarterback to top 225 passing yards against the Eagles this year. That's pretty impressive. They're allowing the third fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. And Dak has not looked very efficient this year. Thrown multiple picks in four of his last six games. Uh, not a good matchup. Not someone I want in my lineup come playoff time. Dak is an interception machine. It actually drives me insane. Um, and the Cowboys have been struggling recently. This is going to be a bad game for them. I think even with Minshew at the helm for the Eagles, it's there's. I just don't see a out come where the Cowboys win they're just not good I think that they're overrated and so is Dak we'll see I I'm still a believer in Dallas come playoff time but yeah this past these past two weeks really have instilled a, a lot of fear uh, in my eyes coming playoffs for them yeah barely pulled it out against Houston and just lost to the Jags yeah um all right running back sit of the week for me Chuba Hubbard at Detroit. Um, Chuba has kind of taken over the number one role here, but Detroit's defense, while it might sound like an amazing matchup for running backs, has been locked down, um, allowing 
under eight or shutting down, sorry, shutting down Travis Etienne, Dalvin Cook, and Saquon Barkley in, um, over the past four weeks. They've been fantastic. They've been great since week six. Um, Shuba Hubbard, without finding the end zone, is scary. We saw him against Pittsburgh, only had four carries, 10 yards. It's not it's not appealing. He did have three catches for 57 yards. But in Pittsburgh, I would say, is a mediocre run defense right now. They're nothing impressive. Um, so it's this offense in general is just bad. Um, you like volume no matter where it's coming from, but in this situation, it's just not appealing really against Detroit, who's just been fantastic against running backs. Chuba had that really gigantic chunk play in the late fourth quarter. Otherwise, he really didn't show much this past week against Pittsburgh. My set of the week at running back is Brian Robinson Jr. Uh, the rookie has found his stride since struggling out of the gate or should I say out of his rehab from the gunshot wounds he he suffered in August, averaging five and a half over five and a half yards per carry since week 12. But he hits a San Francisco front seven that has just been locked down this year. There's not a single running back to top 60 rushing yards against San Fran this year. Uh, they're allowing by far the fewest fantasy points to running backs on the year. I don't really expect Brian Robinson to all of a sudden jump over that barrier and become the first to top 60 yards. He definitely belongs on your bench this week. You can't count on the rookie come playoff time. Yeah, I'm, I'm there's not a world where I'm starting Brian Robinson. I'll pick up anyone off waivers and hope for a touchdown. I don't think a touchdown is in his future this week. Um, my wide receivers of the week guy we talked about earlier someone we are high on for me it's Zay Jones I don't want to play him against this New York Jets defense couple that with Trevor Lawrence my sit at quarterback this week very tough matchup just don't want any part of it this game's going to have I don't know what the over under is but it can't be good it's going to be a 17 to 12 game the Jets are going to pull it out but I do think they beat the Jags and it's just, it's going to be poor plus you're dealing with Christian Kirk and Evan Ingram and Travis Etienne there's a lot going against them for you. Yeah, I'm not a fan of the Jags this week, although I'd like to be. I do want to see them make playoffs. My set of the week for wide receiver is Jacoby Myers. He goes against a Cincinnati secondary uh, that has been pretty stout this year. They're, uh, they're in the bottom 10 for receiver matchups this year. Uh, Myers has really just cooled off after a really hot start to the year. At one point, we are questioning whether Jacoby Myers was a wide receiver too. Um, since he began the year averaging 16 points per game, Myers over the past six weeks is averaging seven points per game. Uh, he's tallied less than five catches in four consecutive games. I'm not expecting that trend to reverse home against Cincinnati. We already mentioned the weather is going to be a factor. Um, we saw Ramondre Stevenson really come to life this past week on the ground. I mean, he's been, he's been consistently, a hammerhead on the ground, but 19 carries. That's the most since week six for him. Um, I'm expecting them to stay heavy on the ground and lesser through the air. There's plenty of receiving options in new England. Uh, Jacoby Myers has a very limited floor, uh, low ceiling as well. He only has five career receiving touchdowns. I, I don't think he's someone that I want in my lineup this week. Yeah. Definitely not. I don't I don't understand why Mac Jones is still starting. Bailey Zappi, it looked better than him when he filled in for him to start the year. 
And Mac Jones has just been putrid since he's taken the role back. As of the sunk cost associated with Mac Jones, you know, mm-hmm. they invest a first round pick with him last year. They made the playoffs in his rookie year. They're going to try and roll it out with him, but I agree. Their, their team's upside is very handicapped with Mac Jones under center. Yeah. Um, I say they could probably give him one more year to prove that he deserves the job. Um, my tight end set of the week, Darren Waller going into Pittsburgh. Um, he made us all happy this week. Great stat line for him. Scored a touchdown first week back. Um, looked great. But Pittsburgh has been very good against tight ends so far this season. They're top 10. I do expect a slow day for him. Devontae Adams is going to absolutely torch the Steelers because our secondary is just a bunch of traffic cones other than Minka Fitzpatrick. Um, No one's going to be able to stop Adams. And Waller will just get phased out of this game. I hope you're right. I hope you are right considering Devontae's in my lineup. And I agree. This is a very... Um, fruitious matchup for him. So yes, I totally agree with your analysis here this week. Thank you. I said the week is another big name tight end. Uh, actually, Darren Waller's buddy in ADP this this past off season. That's George Kittle. He he's coming off a two touchdown performance, his best game of the year. He had he topped twenty five points. He was a tight end one um, on the week this past week. Uh, but he's been very volatile this year. Five games above 10 points, seven games below 10 points. Um, only has two games with over five catches. He, he's just hasn't been a consistent factor in San Francisco's offense. This week, he faces the, a Washington Commanders defense, allowing the fewest fantasy points to tight ends. Um, you know, just given his volatile nature, I, I really think it's a good week to sit George Kittle if you can afford it. Last time he came off of a multi-touchdown game, he caught three for 26 and shit the bed for the next three weeks after his 24-point bomb in week 11. So I'm just looking at the trends that we've seen all year, and it suggests that George Kittle is not going to be able to sustain um, the elite fantasy play that he he carried into week 15. I I think it's going to be a downtrend this week. I agree, but how do you, like Waller included, Waller and Kittle, if you're the owner of either of those guys, I don't know how you can go out there and put in Firemuth, who had no targets last week, or Evan Ingram, who is extremely boomer bust. Or I, I, I think the only guy that, you know, you probably picked up as either a backup or off the waivers at some point to fill in for Kittle or Waller, uh, the only guy that I would start over them is Evan Ingram. Otherwise, you have to trust your guys. Um, Ingram, he's been on fire recently. 32 targets over the past three weeks. Uh, 28 more fantasy points during that time than any other tight end. Uh, he's the only guy I would I would really say you can start over Waller or Kittle, but th- this is more so uh, my notice for fantasy owners in case of Kittle leaves you out to dry, uh, you should be expecting that, really. All right. Uh, you want some lines? Yeah, let's hear them. These are fun. All right. Will Trevor Lawrence have oh, one? All right, sorry. Here's the line for Trevor Lawrence. One and a half touchdowns against the Jets. Passing touchdowns, not total touchdowns. Passing. Yeah. 
Uh, let's see. He's gone over one and a half. Uh, grand total of seven times this year. Four of his last five games. However, New York, um, they're not allowing a whole lot on the back end. I'm going to say under. I'm going to say he only has one passing touchdown this week. I, I'm also taking the under. I think that the only way you can really beat the Jets is on the ground. Um, and they can do that with Travis Etienne. All right. Um, my next line, J.K. Dobbins, will he have another 100-yard game, 99 and a half yards against Atlanta? Let's see. Atlanta's defense is poverty. Um, against running backs. JK over 120 yards the past two weeks. Yeah, I'm slamming the over there. All right. I like that one. Um, Mike Evans, 14 and a half fantasy points at Arizona. Uh, this should be a slam dunk. I, I know your answer is under, but there's always a possibility that Evans finds the end zone. Uh, I'll, is there? I'll go, I'm going to go the under. I'm going to go the under. Off the top of your head, do you know when the last time Mike Evans scored a touchdown was? Like 1738 or some shit like that. He only has three this year. Um, and the one game he scored two. So. Yeah, it, it, it's this season has shocked me from the Tampa Bay offense. Week four was his last touchdown. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's ridiculous. I've scored um, like I scored like 15 flag football touchdowns since that. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> all right. Nick Chubb, 11 and a half fantasy points against New Orleans, who is a middle of the pack run defense. He has to go over. I mean, after starting the year just so consistently dominant, he only had one game under 15 in the first 10 weeks. Um, four of his last five games have been in single digits. He has to go over. Uh, like his, his, the production's still there on the ground. It's just a part of owning Nick Chubb simply. If he doesn't find the end zone, he's probably not going to be a good running back that week. But I'm saying he, he has to go over 11 and a half this week. Um, I'm going to take the over. I, I'm hesitant, though, because really, if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's not hitting the mark. Um, I'm looking right now in games that he has not scored a touchdown. He has hit that mark one time. Yes, this week season. one. Week one yep. this year. Yeah. So that I, is... He's due. Concern. He's due. Like Gabe Davis, but to more of a, a certain extent, uh, Nick Chubb's gone four weeks without finding the end zone. He's due. They're they're gonna click. Uh, this is a week for him. Yeah, I, it's I don't know why he's not as good with Deshaun Watson, but like no one has been as good with Deshaun Watson. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a very uh, huge change for an offense to undergo twelve weeks into the season to wrong the ship with your former quarterback that was doing a solid job to put the ball in the hands of someone that hasn't played in two years. That's a, that's a big, big overhaul there. And I can understand why they would struggle. Can you tell me what to do with Amari Cooper? Start him. Start him. Do uh, I? <laughs> he, the, the volume's been there. Well, not this past week, really. Uh, he still saw six targets, but he's mm -hmm. such a great playmaker. Um, he he 
he's going to, he's going to break through, trust your guys. Uh, that's what I say when it comes playoff times, you got to trust your guys. You can't get too cute with your lineup unless if you're just stacked out the wazoo, he's going to bounce back. Believe in him. Sorry, studs. Amen. Um, let's wrap it up at that. There's some start sits stars from last week uh, that we, we missed. Um, again, apologies for our absence, but hope you can understand. Um, it's playoffs, baby. It, you know, our league started last week, but most leagues are starting this week. Uh, good luck to all of those fantasy owners playing for a title. Uh, what's one message you have for those those owners battling for a title any sort of advice honest so your everybody debates whether they should start or sit someone um for someone on their bench go with what you went with the first time you looked at it unless of course they tore their acl in practice then i would bench them but go with what your gut told you to do the moment you looked at it and then don't look again because if you debate over it and you take him out and he goes off you will hit yourself Good. That's that's good advice because again, back with trust. You got to trust your guys. Um, you can't go against your word. You can't go against your mind. Um, if you lose, so be it. Just look at the decision like you would the first time, like you said. Uh, mm-hmm. More often than not, you're going to be right. My message is. Here. My message is: you need enough volatility in your lineup. Um, you need enough upside to really deliver that knockout blow. Uh, it, you know, it's playoff time. You got to take a risk to win it all. I mean, you can't play it safe and expect to get through and take first place. Uh, you need someone like a Gabe Davis. Um, give me another name that's very high upside. I mean, Nick Chubb's very high upside. But Jahan you, Dotson. Jahan Dotson. You need Christian Watson. You need someone to take you over the top. And uh, whether that comes in your flex or your quarterback, or you're running back to, it doesn't matter. You just need a, enough of that upside. Uh, you're going to live and die by this sword, um, but it, it's, it sure feels good when it pays off. That it does. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. We'll catch you next week. Uh, Merry Christmas, by the way. Yeah, Merry Christmas to all. See y'all. <laughs>